Hi, I'm Andy Chamberlain, and this is the Creative Writers Tool Belt, the podcast that gives you practical advice and encouragement to help you with your writing. You can find out more at my website, andrewjchamberlain.com, where you can also find out about the Creative Writers Tool Belt handbook, which condenses all of the very best advice and insight from my expert guests and me in one place. I hope you enjoy this episode of the Creative Writers Tool Belt podcast, and it's helpful to you on your writing journey. And welcome to episode 142 of the Creative Writers Tool Belt. This is the first of two episodes featuring the award-winning novelist, poet and founder of the Alliance of Independent Authors, Orna Ross. I've been meaning to speak with Orna for quite a while and it was a delight to finally catch up with her. But before we get into that, in my own news, I'm delighted to say that this week my new novel, The Centauri Survivors, which has been 10 years in the writing and which of you've been listening to my recent episodes, you will no doubt have heard about, has been published. And I'm really pleased that I've been able to get this book out there for people to read at last. It's available from Amazon in print and ebook, and also available as an ebook from all the usual digital book providers, including Apple, Barnes and Noble, Kobo, Google, and many others, and will be available from your local bookstore in a few weeks' time. But here's an offer for you as a listener to the podcast. If you're interested in the novel and you want a taste of what it's like before you buy it, just drop me a line, Andrew at andrewjchamberlain.com and ask me to send you the access link to the original first chapter and I'll be happy to do that. Now this chapter which is set on a remote Chilean mountain at a new European telescope facility gives us an insight into the lives of the astronomers whose discovery sparks the whole of the rest of the story in the book. Now I loved this chapter but it just didn't quite fit into the start of the story so you won't see it if you buy the book but you can read it if you drop me a line by email and ask for access to it and that email address again is andrew at andrewjchamberlain.com. So back to this episode and I have split my conversation with Orna into two separate episodes because we deal with two very different subjects and I want to give both of them the attention they deserve. Those two subjects are poetry and the current renaissance in the creation and presentation of poetry and the revolution in publishing that has given rise to self-publishing and the rise of the indie author and the creative entrepreneur. So in this episode, we discuss poetry. We are talking about Orna's own poetry and the explosion in opportunities for poets to present their work from self-publishing to social media options and poetry readings. Just as the time And just as the time we're living in is giving wonderful opportunities to indie book writers, so and just as the time we're living in is giving wonderful opportunities to indie novel writers, so it is also giving new opportunities to both established and new poets. And as well as talking about the opportunities now available for people to present their work, we talk about the passion and authenticity that poetry requires and the way in which the range of emotions and the way in which emotions can be presented and sustained in a poem. This was a fascinating conversation, and I highly recommend it for anyone who has any interest in poetry, either as somebody who is writing and presenting their poetry now, or is considering doing so in future. So, Orna, it's a great pleasure to have you on the show. Welcome to the Creative Writers Tool Belt. Thank you so much, Andrew. Delighted to be here. 
Now, I know that you are a writer of fiction and you're a poet and you are also involved uh, with the Alliance of Independent Authors. And we will talk about that organisation in a moment. But I want to start by talking a little bit about your own work, your writing, your art, so your, your poetry particularly. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about your passion for poetry. Why do you write poetry? I suppose I write poetry to get feeling that I get when I read um, poetry that I enjoy. So by definition, I guess, if, it's, if you're writing it, you're in that place where, for to mm. me, poetry is about opening up the everyday world and taking you beyond the conventional sort of talk and thinking into that place where there's a bit of magic. That doesn't mean that it's all flowers in the garden. Very often getting to that place is through adversity, suffering, um, the tough things of life. So poetry shouldn't, I think, shy away from those. But it is deep, um, deeper and or higher, if you want to put it that way, and just more meaningful. It's the most meaningful way that words can be used, I think. And I like to write it. I didn't start writing poetry till I was in my 40s, aside from I'm not counting the stuff I used to spew out when I was a teenager. Um, that I called <laughs> That definitely wasn't poetry, but it was uh, poetry in the sense that it was an overflow of emotion. Yeah, yeah. And and felt very deep and meaningful at the time, but craft technique, I had no idea about such things really. I did a degree in English literature and I loved the poetry um, there and very often found myself reading poets that weren't on the actual uh, list um, that I should have been reading. Um, so when I was, I think, 41 or two, um, a very dear close friend died of AIDS and mm. that led me into writing my first poem and I haven't stopped since. So I have now, I think, seven pamphlets and a, couple, a few collections. And in terms of the process, does it start with a concept for you or does the whole thing come to you more or less fully formed? The short ones sometimes come out of nowhere so I have made room for poetry in my life in the last 18 months particularly and so as life got busier and busier and fiction becomes more difficult to write the kind of fiction I write you need a sustained period of concentrated work where you don't have other things going on and but poetry you can write in the cracks as I think of it So um, as my life, my responsibilities increased, and that's largely through Ally, um, poetry was something that just came more and more. So I realised that I was writing poems and that they were coming, but I wasn't necessarily thinking about my poetry either as something that I consciously devoted time to or consciously published as I would publish my fiction and nonfiction. Mm. So I decided to change that. And so I now have a Patreon page where I promise a new poem, the significant, not a small poem, to my patrons each month that they right. get exclusively to them for a while. I have an Instagram page where I write haiku um, along with the picture. So that makes me write and think about those more consistently. So it was really not doing anything that I hadn't been doing before, but just setting myself, yes, you must do your Instagram um, most days. You must do this serious, you know, important, not always serious in topic, but uh, significant. Mm. 
and also beginning to think about my poetry books as something that are marketable and saleable and that's just something that I only started doing and um, and that's been great and I've been really enjoying that. Okay. Now, I think you've touched on this a little bit, but when I looked at your poetry and I could see in it issues to do with general spirituality and the human condition and ideas of home and of struggle. And as you said earlier, perhaps in in good poetry, it's not all just flowers and chocolates, is it? Sometimes it is the hard things in life. Why do you think all those concepts appeal to you in your poetry? Because it's real and poetry is nothing if it's not true. And Mm. so, of course, moments of joy. Poetry is wonderful for expressing those moments where joy just takes over and everything is truly wonderful. And, you know, expressing that, you can do that in a poem in a way that's quite difficult to do in fiction. So, you know, joyful fiction is not really something that exists. You've got to have the conflict, you've got to have, you know, and the more conflict, the better all that yeah. kind of poetry, if, if the, the craft is there, you can actually sustain pure joy across a poem and, and even quite a long poem. And that can be a very meaningful experience for the reader. So yes, there, there is that. But, you know, life isn't all joy. And, no. you know, we're here to grow in my belief system and suffering and adversity is sometimes necessary for growth. It's, it's kind of like the water where you need sunshine and you need rain. And so yeah. Yeah. to ignore that, I think, would be um, not to do the job in a way. Um, on the other side of things, the, the poems come as they are, you know, so they reflect what's happened in my own life. Um, it's quite personal, my poetry, a lot of the time, not always, but a lot of the time it is. And so it just arises and telling the mm. truth as it is. And is there a sense in which for you as perhaps for other poets, that there is a there is a processing that goes on for you in your poetry and maybe it's a perhaps it's a cathartic thing to write it or perhaps perhaps there is a reflecting on on life and a processing of things in your poetry without a doubt undoubtedly i mean it's it, as i've got older i see that process very very clearly and um, i would have always felt it and i don't know why tell, i don't tell me why the, the process of fiddling about with words for ages until you get them just right, makes you feel better and puts things to mm. bed. Mm. It does. It absolutely does. Mm. And, and I'm sure that's the attraction. Um, that's one of the things that keeps you going back there because nothing makes me feel better than writing poetry, I have to say. Mm. I want to come back to um, something that you mentioned briefly. You talked about the fact that in a complimentary way, you're using poetry and Instagram um, and there seems to be something of a renaissance in poetry at the moment, working with and encouraged perhaps by social media and, and the evolution of independent publishing. And, uh, do you want to comment on that a little bit? Do you, what's happening on that scene? It's amazing, isn't it? It's extraordinary. Who would have thought it? So, yes, there is an, a real flourishing. You use the word renaissance, and I think that's not an exaggeration. So maybe... 15 years ago, people thought poetry was dead. You mm. know, you, mm. you wrote poems, put them in a drawer. And as I say, even I, you, you know, running Ally and knowing the potential of self-publishing and, and independent authorship, didn't, in a sense, even though my first self-published uh, digital, 
was self-published book was a pamphlet of poetry. Okay. In a sense, I just put it out there and whoever bought it, bought it. And most people buy it on my website, not on Amazon or um, any of the other platforms. And I didn't think about it. I just wrote it, put it together, put it out there. Now, I would never do that with a novel or a nonfiction book. I would actually have a plan for how I was going to get it to readers. And luckily, there were other poets, often younger poets, who didn't have the mentality that we were brought up with, if you like, those of us who worked in traditional media and traditional publishing, which is poetry doesn't sell in inverted commas. Well, I'm here to tell you, poetry does sell these days. And Mm, yes, I mean, I had a conversation last summer with Robin Cutler, who is the director of Ingram Spark. And she told me that the, her biggest sellers on the platform are the poets. That's amazing, really, isn't it? That 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 she's saying that. So if we if we bring the threads of poetry together and independent publishing and all of those sort of things, there are a lot of people out there who they've either written a bit of poetry and they don't know what to do with it, or they'd like to write a bit of poetry and they'd like to have they'd like to find the appropriate way to present their poetry to people. What kind of encouragement and what kind of ideas would you give to those people? So I do a very simple method um, and it works for me and I offer it to to your listeners. I put my poems into pamphlets of 10. So I, I write them, first of all, if they are deemed okay enough and they go out on Instagram or maybe on my blog or Facebook page and more often Instagram now I used to do Facebook but I find Instagram is a much better platform for poetry Mm -hmm. and uh, then if I like them enough they go into a pamphlet and when I have 10 that I like enough I publish that pamphlet and then over time as the poems build up, uh, an idea arises for a collection. So at the moment, mm. I'm working on a collection of um, Irish blessings. Um, okay. I, have, I have a one, uh, a Christmas-themed one. I will do, I've got a, another one that's almost ready on the theme of motherhood. So I think that's a really useful way to do it. You just sell the pamphlet very cheaply. I usually sell them at around 99 cent or I give one away to um, encourage people to sign up for my email list. Okay, yes. So I think that is um, an effective way that has worked for me. We have now just taken in poetry into the Ally podcast so this is a measure, I think, again, of poetry, of how we didn't take it seriously enough, I think. Mm, mm. So now, as well as publishing fiction and nonfiction, there will be a podcast on how to self-publish poetry. So I'm hoping that, you know, if you and I have this chat again in a year's time, I will know a lot more about what's working. Mm. I'm going to do that yeah. podcast with Dalna from Publish Drive which is one of the biggest um, aggregator distributors of digital books. And Dama is herself a poet and very clued into the digital poetry scene, the self-publishing poetry scene and what's going on there. So we hope to discover new poets. We're um, offering people the opportunity to submit their poetry and to be read uh, read out um, during the podcast. And yeah, hoping to really there isn't the same level of support and encouragement for poets as there is for novelists and no. writers that we're hoping to change that. I, I can't help feeling if that is, if it's actually not yet 
there isn't that level of support and encouragement that actually it is it is going to grow so you talk about instagram as as a a good way to to present your poems i wonder if you could tell us a little bit about the, the way in which you use imagery within that context I'm, I'm thinking about this just in terms of if somebody's listening to this and they're thinking i'd love to do that i'd like to be able to combine my poetry with my instagram account how do you do it and how might people do that yeah so how i do it is often the pic uh, the picture comes first so i will be out and about and just snap something now i recently stripped down my instagram completely and made it black and white uh, uh, yes black and white only and i also do quotes for poets on mm. between each photograph so each picture that i take each photograph that i take it might be a scene from nature it might be just something i see on my travels around london it might be a piece of art from a gallery i visit yes. visit art galleries a lot and um, that goes up and usually with a, a haiku or uh, some other form of micro poetry. So it's very short and that would be what would normally be the caption on a, an Instagram post and send it off into the world with, you know, poets of Instagram and a few other hashtags like that. And people come up, come and read it. What is interesting is that with a relatively small following, the number of people who have actually gone from there who may not even comment on Instagram, but come over and engage yeah. in conversation and, yes. you know, buy books and stuff like that. So yeah. I think it is a very good medium for poets, which is totally counterintuitive. You would think it would be Twitter, which is the, the verbal social platform. Yes. Yes. Where people do all the talking and thinking um, but no, it's where people are, do, are looking at pictures. And, and that's very interesting to me. Yeah, it's counterintuitive, but it does make sense when you think about it a little bit, doesn't it? I guess in that Twitter is not an artistic medium. I don't think it's a it's a chatty, bantery medium where I think Instagram might might be a place where people can stop and reflect a little more and, and receive more reflective material. Um just, just to conclude our, our little bit talking about poetry then, if, if somebody's listening to this and they may be feeling nervous about sharing their poetry, because as you say, it can be quite a personal thing, what encouragement would you give to people who are a little bit hesitant about sharing their work? I think it never gets easy, sharing, but I do think it gets easier the more you do it. So okay. I think just, I, and I don't mean this in any sort of pejorative or rude way, but we must get over ourselves. So one part of ourselves must get over the other part of ourselves. So you, you said about Twitter and you're absolutely right. Mm. Twitter doesn't work for poetry because it's too thinky-talky. And our thinky-talky yeah. will think and talk us out of revealing our artistic self. So you've got to, in a sense, dissolve the, uh, the thinker and the talker and just present mm. the more creative. And the more you do that, the easier it gets. But sometimes it leaves you feeling a little bit raw. And for myself, I reframe that as kind of creative excitement. I, I try yeah. to fool myself. No, you're not feeling really kind of anxious. You're actually excited. That's <laughs> <laughs> me sometimes. <laughs> and if people want to find uh, your account on Instagram, where would they go? It's Orna Ross. I'm very easy. Okay. That's not complicated, Orna, is it? Orna Ross everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Orna, thank you very much for your time. It's been a pleasure to have a chat with you. Always a pleasure. All right, then. Thanks so thank much. Thank you very much indeed, Orna. Cheers. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Creative Writers Toolbelt podcast. If you want to find out more about the podcast or me, just go to my website. It's andrewjchamberlain.com.